Hey, what's going on? This is the Tools for Ward podcast. I am Jonah. And I'm Jeremy. And uh, this is the podcast where we talk about gear, music. Sick riffs. And uh, gear. And that that's about, about it. Yeah. And this time, we talk about those things with Tyler Sharman, a.k.a. Sharm, from Scrutinize and Justifiable Homicide. And we had some uh, we had some very good conversations. We talked a little bit about uh, old crate heads. We talked about some uh, some PV stuff. Uh, you know, pointy guitars. Pointy guitars. You know Every our favorite. Time. Our favorite. And yeah, had a pretty good conversation. And uh, you'll hear it now. Hope you enjoy. Check it out. <laughs> also, go see fucking scrutinize play. In Baltimore on 319 with Karma, Dare, and Shackled at the Shamrock Inn. The 20th in Wilkes Bar with Gloves Off, Promise Breaker, Fever Strike, Ripped Away, and Christ Chopper. And then Monday the 21st in Philly with Hesitate, Strangle You, Jive Bomb, and Killing Me. We talk about it later in the show, but I'm going to tell you right fucking now. If you don't finish this episode and you don't go to those shows, I don't know. I can't help you. Carl says, bet you can't play this. Bet you, bet you Mike can play this. Bet you Mike can play this. You ever seen that video? What's that video, Colin? Uh, Carl Sanders from Nile, bet you can't play this. It's like a Guitar World lesson, YouTube. I, you know what? I think I have seen it. It's probably been a long time. He's, he's but... His face is like fucking bright red. He's slurring every single word. The sentences don't make sense. And when he plays the riff, he plays it fast. And then he plays it again, but he plays a different riff. And then they ask him to slow it down. And then he plays an entirely different riff. Because he's so fucking wasted. It's That's, incredible. It's, it's one of the holy grail video. It's a holy grail guitar It's definitely video. worth watching. Dear God. So... Like we've done before, we'll do is like I think I, I li- literally said this in, in the last one with Travis, but uh, just talking, you know, we're just gonna talk about literally anything music related, and we'll eventually get to gear through it. But um, start with where, where, what the fuck, what's wrong with me? My brain's frazzled. When did you start playing instruments and what was your first instrument and what got you get to get to guitar and gear? Um, so can't quite remember what I got first, if it was a guitar or drums, but my, uh, my mom, when I was a kid, always big into music, you know, whether it was fucking, you know, it's like some punk shit, like seven seconds. Or like some hip hop shit. She's big into like a tropical quest, far side. So like always listening to collective stuff when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I always like guitar and drums. And um I think the first thing I got was well, I had like a toy guitar and then eventually got like a you know, one of those mini acoustic toy guitars. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think around the time I got that like mini acoustic guitar, I got my first like drum set that wasn't like specifically for like a toddler. This was like, you know, one of those like kid kits. I think maybe like a 14 inch kick, maybe, you know, okay. little ass Tom. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that shit. And like the craziest part about like me getting all that and like thinking back. So, um, my mom's ex-sister-in-law, her new husband, I guess you could say, he played in this band called Laughing Colors, which is like a local Maryland rock band. They mm-hmm. put out albums in like the 90s and 2000s. So their drummer, uh, Will Dorsey, great guy, uh, now Ill Will and Body Count, he and my mom went and picked out this drum kit. And like, you know, he taught me like, you know, how to hit the snare, how to hit toms, how to hit the kicks, like, you know, all the basics. And that shit was so cool. And eventually I started going to guitar lessons with the guitarist, Corey. And I still remember the first riff I ever learned. And it was Aerials by System of a Down. Yeah. <laughs> Germ, I don't think, is a fan of System of a Down at all. No. Hey, man, you know, that... Toxicity had to be like one of the first CDs I ever got, and I thought it was like the coolest shit. But eventually, uh, upgraded to like a mini Stratocaster, and mm-hmm. I think it's still at my dad's house. And like, I beat the shit out of that fucking thing. Like, oh, of course, <laughs> I was like one type of kid, you know, if I couldn't find a guitar pick, I'd like pick up like a dime or something, be playing it with dad, you know, oh, missing strings all over it. Oh yeah, I had a nice small like PV one by twelve speaker combo amp. Do you remember and, what like, kind of you know, combo it was? It, it was a PV. It was a it was a one by twelve. I can't remember like what series it was, but damn, jo- Jonah cares because he's going to want to know exactly which one. That, that that's, yeah, that's... I, I wish I knew. I, I I was trying to I was trying to figure out the specs this morning. Like what. What model was? Hang it? on. So, so but, let's let let's let's break this down. Let's break this down because I think I can. I think we can pinpoint it. You got the fucking detective over here. Listen, I I spent a little bit of time last night. For no, no one asked me to do this. No one said this needed to be done. But I decided. You know, Jeremy told me that his first amp was a PV Rage, like a little PV Rage combo amp, and I was like, Why didn't you? That might have been the one. That might. It might have been a Rage. It's all the rage. See, I didn't. I didn't even know which model it was. I kind of described what it looked like, and you were able to figure. Rage, it out. rage is the is the early two thousand kids uh, line six fighter two combo. I'll put that out there. It's like the, the it's like the mini, if it didn't have insane mode. Did, did it have a little button? Yes. Yeah. It was, all right. It was the PV rate. Look at this. Look at this. Every every badass and dope and epic person that I know has had a PV Rage, except for me. I can't help you. I have to help myself. I get paid tomorrow. I'm gonna they don't got one cent in the tonic right now. They have to. Dude, they, they, I, I, I looked right past them again. Dude, I was supposed to look at them. I'm going to go to Atomic tomorrow anyway. I'm saying it right now. Like, I think we've talked about Atomic. This, is, this will be episode f- six. In all six episodes, we have mentioned Atomic, I think. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty think, sure we I don't have. think we mentioned Atomic with Travis. 
I think we did. We probably did. We probably did. But it's funny because the last time I went there yeah. and I got that that BC Rich Junior V7 string, which is I'll, I'll pull that out in a little bit so I could show you what it looks like. But when I went, I brought Katie with me. It was her first time coming to Atomic with me. Yeah. And she just, you know, she's not like a, she's not like a gear nerd. She loves music. And like, you know, she, she wants to learn how to play guitar and like, you know, she could play a little bit of piano, but I was like showing her all of these things. And then I got to the combo amps and I was like, rage, PV rage, PV rage. And I was looking for a PV rage. And I like, literally I was climbing over them. Cause you know how they have them all like stuffed. Yeah. There's like some hidden tucked in there. They're all, they're all stuffed in there. And I, I remember I was like, I was like trying to like climb over them. I would put like a knee on one, you know, it'd be like a, some like line six or like freight. And I'd be like, Oh, I gotta find that PV rage, PV rage. It's going to be on the shelf. Cause it's so small. Find one. They had a lot of other cool stuff. But PV Rage is cool. It sounds like bees, according to Germ, and that's where I did say that. No one asked me, but I decided to uh, to uh, basically take our logo and put it on the uh, on the PV Rage and stamp filter it. Put a B on the corner of the little amp, and then above it, put dot dot dot. Sounds like bees, and it's awesome. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry you just let us trail off like that. You were trying to tell us no, a story. It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You, didn't let, you didn't let us. You let I, you I let think I'm going to read that off. PV Rages, man. They're cool. Anything PV is cool. I, I, I love yeah. PV. Actually, I'm, I'm recording this on a PV mic right now. Hell yeah. There you go. There you go. Shout out PV. Um, Shout out PV. So I'm sure there's plenty of stuff between then and now, between the PV Rage and now, but uh, I think the first time I saw you play, I think you were playing either a 5150 or a 6505. Is that right? 6505, still got it. With the, That's uh, my workhorse, man. Like, is that grill on that spray-painted white? That's yeah. What- that's what I thought. I couldn't remember. I remember it didn't have the any writing on it. I remember seeing the grill, so I couldn't tell which of the two heads it was. That up in Atomic as well. Yeah. Shout out Atomic. Uh, yes. <laughs> Atomic sponsor me. Sponsor yes. us. Sponsor they basically. The yeah. They basically already do. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Um. But yeah, that was I, that's been like besides like practice amps and everything. That's been like you know. Probably the most consistent thing I've had and, you know, kept in like kept up the maintenance on it, you know, changing the tubes out. I should really take it to like somebody professional and be like, hey, you know, can you do a nice little checkup on this thing? You know, but, you know, I haven't really ventured out and looking at that. I've I've been wanting to buy a new amp recently. I've really been eyeing up like the 5150 Iconics. I've been really like, you know, do I want something that's 50 watts? I want something that's 100 watts, you know. 80 watts, all right. I'll take it. Dude, the uh the 50 water one has more than enough power, but the 80 watt, the iconic does look cool. I almost picked one up, but I ended up going with the uh the EL34 one. Uh oh yeah. Ooh, I, that, that was like that's the one I've been eyeing up the longest, probably. That was just been like really sick. It has so much fucking gain. Uh, people don't like yeah. the middle channel. I like it. Um, I, I have a weird thing with 5150s because I, I, I love all of them. And I own one. 
However, now that I own one, I find that I don't play it as often as I thought I was going to. And, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, when I, when I was doing a life of torment and I didn't have any gear for myself, I was using a 5150 block letter and I was being lent by her at the time. And, you know, it sounded good, you know, I, but I didn't think much of it. And nowadays, you know, the 150s go for so much like the originals. Yeah. And like the new ones and like, even like the iconic, like I feel like it has its place, but for some reason, like I think of, when I'm like thinking to myself, like in this moment, like what head do, if I could buy a head right now, what would I buy? Not immediately going to a 5150. I'm saying, and I think it's, I think that's just my taste personally, because he knows all about it, but I like to go for like the weird, the weirdo stuff. Like I like to use the unorthodox to achieve a very, uh, you know, something that's familiar, but its own thing. You know what I mean? That's where, like, and I've heard, like, the 50, 5150 Iconic is, like, good, you know? Like, it can keep up with, like, the the more, like, uh, you know, like, the 100 watts or, like, any of that stuff. Like, it's, yeah. it still can keep up with it. I'm sure, like, I haven't played one. Have you played one? Iconic? No, I haven't. No? You see, that's the thing. Is, like, I can't really, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover or by what somebody else says. Yeah. So like yeah. for for all I know, it, could be, it could be a total workhorse. Yeah. You know, but it's not the first one I'm going for. Did you um did you end up buying a head? Did you have one ordered on the way, or were you was were you talking about getting the 5150 when we spoke I'm, last? Um talking about buying one. Just been, oh, okay. you know, I've been eyeing it up, you know. I kind of like going into stores too and being like, oh, what do they got? Like been, yeah. I've been going to Bill's Music a lot, and they got a lot of nice shit in there, you know. Yeah, that's. Cool and they actually have they, they have a they have a fifty one fifty three one the fifty watt ones the uh the six l six ones they got one of those in there right oh, now sure. and I was like, oh. like those, those are those are really good. All yeah. the fifty one fifties are good, you know, like we've been saying, and they're so little. They Convenient. have such a small footprint. Yeah, he'll say. And I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but when I was at Atomic Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was looking at the combos, looking at all the guitars, the heads, whatever, there was a guy came in and he was trading in two amps to get the, one of the bad cats. Yeah. It was there like the 30 watt bad cat head. And he brought in the, uh, Roadmaster. Big boy. So, so the big boy. I got one. I got the super festival. What? Oh, you got a super festival? Yep. Oh, yep, I got a super festival. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. how how do you? Like- so I got it, and I've have yet to play it. It needs tubes, and last time I checked the price on the tubes, they were like eighty dollars a piece. Like the tubes are like fucking low. They look like grenades. They're that fucking big. Shit. So when you turn it on, so the. So the reason I got them was an old coworker. He hit me up. And he's like, "Yo, man, I gotta get." get rid of these speaker cabinets I got. I was like, mm-hmm. what kind are they? And he sends me a picture, you know, they're like 1978 PB4x12s, you know, with like the, the stripes on the side. Silver lines. And, the, the uh, ones, right? Yeah, and I was like, holy fuck, like I'm looking at the pictures and zooming in, I'm like, you know, these are not busted up at all. Like, these things are mint. And I'm like, did you ever play these? And he's like, 
I've maybe played them two hours total since I've owned these. And I've owned this rig since 1978. Holy and I was like, holy fuck, like, you know, how much do you want for them? And he was like, dude, just get them out of my house. So I went and picked them up and I still have the cabinets today. The head, um, my, uh, my roommate wanted to check it out the other day and like, you know, he was like, he just got recently got in the guitar and he wants to like, you know, learn how to play everything. He's big into music. And so he's like, you know, what do I got to do to get this head work? And I'm like, I think it needs, you know, all four tubes replaced. Plug it up, you know, turn it on. It makes a big old shit. But you can still, like, you put the guitar in, you can hear, like, you can hear the cable clicking in. Mm-hmm. You can hear the pickups turn on. So I think it just needs some tubes. They're just too goddamn expensive. I can't even, I think they're like six, I can't remember what type of tubes they are. They're like six, five, five. Those big motherfuckers, big old bulbous ones, right? Yeah, it's yeah, also possible yeah. that that head needs like a, just a good contact cleaning of the guts, sure. right? You know, yeah, I mean, considering yeah. that head is from the maybe same I should take both of them and drop them off to somebody and just be like, Look, make them sound brand new. There you go, take my money, make them sound brand new. You're somewhere in Anne Arundel County, right? Pasadena, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. You're not that far from uh city and Big Crunch, I think, is located in Baltimore. Um, I know a lot of people get their stuff serviced by them. It may be worth like hit shooting them an email and seeing what they might yeah, charge or something like that. You might have to check that out, yeah. Yeah, they, um, they take walk-ins too. Okay. I checked out the website the other day because I was you know, I have some solid state heads and I wanted to see if they do work on solid state heads. I think they do recapping and all that. I, from what I gather on the website, it didn't really seem like they they favor working on solid state, mm-hmm. which is fine. But they specialize in like two band, of course. But, but I did read that they take walk it. So if you're ever in the area, I would definitely get out because I mean, absolutely, I'm I'm going to. Yeah, they're the only so people local that I can think of that would work on something like that because Atomic doesn't do amp repairs, or at least yeah. they they told me that but then again mm-hmm. i bother them so often that they're probably like ah oh, fuck this guy i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah and you've yeah. given them enough money I, I love atomic but i i would understand if they saw me as a problem <laughs> so you're, you're constantly clearing out inventory how could you be a problem i i just i feel like i deserve an eye roll anytime i go in just like every employee is like oh shit here we go again you know i i feel that <laughs> i i feel that not necessarily to the same extent that you probably do because you work around there i just like just feel like i have to go in and start apologizing to them <laughs> i don't know I don't know what's wrong with me. That's I'm how, just a miserable human being. That's how I felt the last time I went. I walked in and, and I forgot who I forgot his name, but he goes, Oh, you again. I just I, went. That was Isaiah, probably. I think I yeah. it, no, it wasn't Isaiah because Isaiah was helping somebody with something. Uh, it it was a it, it was a slightly shorter guy. Matt. Matt. Not Matt. Matt wasn't there. I oh, think uh his name's Eric was working, managing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was one of the, I, I don't know if he's new or not, but he just went, oh, you again. And I just went, oh, <laughs> that's that's not necessarily well, what I, I want to hear. <laughs> I, I just, love, I, I love a Saturday afternoon. Time. There's, just, there's nothing like it. 
most of the time I just go in there like, oh man, I should really buy this guitar and end up like playing it for like five minutes. I'm like, yes, this is so sick. And I'll put it down and be like, oh, I might come back next week and get it. Yeah. But, but I, uh, that 505 I have in the Jackson, I still play today. Uh, like the dinkiest looking guitar. It's, I got that at a time one day. I just walked in there one day and was like, yo, I'll give you $600 for this guitar and head right now. And I'm like, let's do it. Damn. And that's a good deal. I still have it to this day. Deal. Yeah. That's, that's the dinky with the reverse headstock, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was dope. Hell yeah. Yeah. You got that bass behind you too, I see. Yep. That 1987 uh, Warlock NJ series. Here, I'll take it off the wall. I haven't really been playing it as much. Here, but let me hold it. This thing, fucking, <laughs> this thing is a fucking beast. It's the heaviest guitar I own. The fucking neck feels like a goddamn chair leg. It's thick as hell. Like, when I got this guitar, I pretty much had to, like, relearn how to play like guitar because this thing is a fucking like this is a big guitar and like i'm used to playing like the jackson i had and like you know the stratocaster it's a skinnier neck you know i can fly up and down the fretboard on this thing not so much so like i got this thing in c standard and i got a demarzio super distortion in it yeah fucking, one of my favorites oh man they fucking rip and this thing is just so fucking heavy it sounds great coming out of the 6505 and the practice amp um funny the funny story about this so i remember seeing this on facebook marketplace for 300 dollars, and it was in frederick and it was like right around christmas time i hit the guy up i was like yo can i come pick this up today and he's like yeah meet me here in frederick so i get to the guy's house and like he's got a bunch of shit for sale and takes me in his house and he's got all these guitar cases maybe like eight in total and you know i wasn't really so much interested in the ones and like the gig bags because mm-hmm. i was like you know oh stratocaster like oh it's a fender you know uh-huh. i think there was like a like one of the Schechter stratocasters in there and then you know he pulls out the bc rich finally and i'm like oh my god dude this thing was like no one's ever played it like you know there's no fucking scratches on it. Like, you know, you know, like at the bottom of the points where the paint's all cracked up. Well, it is now after I've owned it, but when I got it, there was none on there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Like I started playing it, the intonation was right. And I was like, how'd you end up with this thing? He's like, you into that basement heavy music at all? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, my, uh, my daughter's ex-boyfriend played in one of them bands and, I bought this guitar for him and he never paid me back. So I took it from him and I was like, well, shit. So he's like, Hey man, I got these other guitars too. So he opens up um, another one of the hard cases. And it's a fucking Randy Rhodes Jackson. He's like, I'll sell you that for another 300. And like this guitar looked brand fucking new too. Like I was like, Oh my fucking God, I didn't bring enough cash. So whoever's got that Randy Rhodes Jackson, I'm so jealous of you. You still hit the jackpot like several times there, like between the fucking, like every single thing you've mentioned so far, sounds like you fucking got like the deal of a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I'm I definitely look for them deals, man. Like, yeah, I I think the the first like big like I guess you could say like four by twelve cabinet, like kind of like you know, I guess you could say show. So I got a uh, it's probably about. 
eight years ago now. It was a Crate GFX 1200H. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, I wasn't really like, I wasn't really like, you know, that's uh, whatever, like, you know, sounds all right. I was like, I wanted a tube amp really bad because just always like the sound of tube amps compared to solid state. And, you know, it came with a cabinet. I picked it up on, uh, I picked it up on, I think Craigslist, I think it's another Craigslist buy. I seen it, the Craigslist advertisement, the picture was really dark and like, they used flash, but all you could see was like saran wrap wrapped around the cabin. And I was like, is this thing ever been used? And, and so I hit the guy up. I'm like, yo, can he wanted to sell for a hundred bucks, like whole setup cabinet had a hundred bucks. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll go pick it up. I get there. And I think it was like somewhere near Catonsville, dude, this dude's house. It smelled like a goddamn like cheese steak factory, like <laughs> onion, like I pulled up and there's steam coming out of the fucking the house. Like, I'm not even joking, dude. And he's like, hey man, you pick up his amp cat. I'm like, fuck yeah. And God. you know, I, I didn't have a guitar on me at the time, but I plugged it in, make sure it worked, you know. I gave the guy a hundred bucks and like stuck it in like, my car and it just smelled like shit the entire way home oh. <laughs> and it smelled like it smelled like i just left i don't know fucking charlie's cheesesteaks or something but oh god so i got home and plugged it in fucking you know i was just like all right this is cool like i think i could play a show with this but now looking back you know now and seeing how solid states have like you know are now like the go-to head at most of the time now like Mm-hmm. fuck i remember years ago like vh140cs you could get them all day long and now it's like yeah Th- that's where they the, at like straight up i mean i've always been a solid state guy and you know like i used tube amps back in the day but solid state was always just like oh, i don't have to worry about tubes burning out you know and that was the only thing that like deterred me from tube amps really i ended up getting the the randall rg100 es i got that for $150 at the time yeah. and now those go for like brand and the VH140C I got that for like 350 uh let's see I got the the crate GX130C and that mm-hmm. thing rocks still rocks but even the one you just mentioned the the GFX is that the the GFX uh 2200 or 1200 1200 1200H it's like it's like the mini version it's like probably about like this thing it's funny it's funny because i want one of those like that's on the (laughs) the list of heads that i i've showed jeremy before where it's like one of these because it sounds cool it's different you know at the time you know i thought you know i I was like i was really dead set on getting like a 5150 or 6505 just like you know Anything with tubes, I thought was badass, and I was like, "Gotta have one." And now looking back, I kind of wish I had it as like a backup, or even like something like AB Box, like yeah. even to pair with yeah. my 6505. I think it would sound like you know, crank up the low end on that, and the mids up on the 6505, or like even it out. Maybe I think it would be like a sick ass tone, especially if like playing in like a you know a death metal band or fucking you know. Even like making up for a fat, like if you're just like a four piece band, you're the only guitarist, like AB Box and that kind of stuff would be like, you know, we mean second guitarist. Yeah. Real. It's funny too. I wish I still had that thing. Dude, you can, you can still get them for relatively cheap. 
I mean, if you were to go on like Facebook Marketplace right now, you can get one for like yeah. music around or something like that. Music yeah. around is a good one. That's a that's like a cheap amp cheat code. I think I think a lot of people give that website or like the I know it's a chain, but like the the actual site flipping through because it doesn't show up on search results. They don't put all their stuff on reverb. It's like it's often overlooked by people looking for cool shit like yeah. so like if you like literally like that's where i got my i i got my my mosfell power amp yeah i got my rocktron widowmaker preamp like i got them for really good prices all things considered and i mean like if you're like if you're ever looking for like those old crate heads like they'll pop up sometimes and like they have i think they have like a a g900h which is like the 90 watt solid state head that uh uh God, what's his name? He played in Cannibal. He's in DSI. Uh, what's his name? Jack Owen. Jack Owen. Yeah, Jack yeah. Owen. Jack Owen used that head in Cannibal Corpse back in the day, and they have one on there now for like one twenty. Damn. It's like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, that, that's that's where like what I was saying They're before with like going to the fucking right there. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. And like I recently just uh actually just last night, I didn't even get to tell you about this. Uh I found out that Goodwill has like a uh online shop. Yeah. I didn't know that, that was a thing. I mean with auctions. You guys ever heard of a place called Second and Charles by any chance? Yeah, there's one, like, I think it's one by us. Yeah. Dude, I went to one in Alabama and like I was like blown away by like the music gear they had in there. Yeah. Like, I walked in, I thought it was, like, FYE, Barnes & Noble type of deal, and I seen all the way in the back, I just seen a rack of guitars and basses all the way. What the fuck? Like, they have their own brand and everything. Yeah, they got their and own stuff. Like, they, they got used stuff. You you don't know about Second & Charles? It's a, it's a crazy store in Woodbridge. I know of Second & Charles because I know going on tour, that was always something that, you know, Tyler loves going to, like, used, like, CD bookstores to try mm-hmm. and find, like, you know, whether it be manga or, like see old cds or whatever but i didn't know second and charles was like that they got musical instruments last time i was there they had a one of the um the jackson uh adrian smith sandima strats you know the floyd rose i had one and uh i sold it i wish i kept i might want to get another one when did you have that that one towards the end of reality check uh i had it when we did the weekend where we went to north and south carolina or something like that okay we, we did some like southern weekend um mm-hmm. and i had it for that and then i sold it to john pence who then sold it to my friend brendan got it um okay but second and charles is also where i got all the those Gundam DVDs, like the entire oh, really? original series. I got like all of them for like 20 bucks. Damn. Yeah. But second musical I got look. I got that skinless record over there on the wall for five dollars. Yeah. It's a oh, picture shit. disc of uh foreshadowing our demise. Yeah, dude. I was I was like I was just flipping through the records and I seen skinless on like a white thing. I pulled out and it was the picture disc and I, I fucking flew it home in my backpack. I was like, yes. I wish I could fly home with one of these guitars, but fuck oh man that's that. that's yeah. yeah 
I, they definitely need one in Maryland. I didn't know they had one in Virginia. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check it out sometime. We should. Hey, we, should we should go. We should go. You probably know this, but I don't know if you knew this. Mm-hmm. There is a music around in Baltimore County. I knew there was one there, but yeah. I have never been. It's in Cockeysville, which I guess is around. You guys ever been to uh, Ryan Fowler's Guitar Experience in Towson? No. I'd always see it. Like anytime there was a show at Raven Inn. There's literally a guitar. There's there's a there's a guitar and a drum shop like all within the same block right there where the Raven Inn is. Yeah, so there's like Ryan Ryan Fowler's guitar experience and like you, you can go on their website and they got like their inventory, real nice shit like old ass strats and Les Pauls, like you know that type of shit. Nice amps, everything. Um, the drum shop I never been to, but. I always wanted to go in that place and I know they do like repairs, lessons, all that type of shit. So, I mean, anybody listening that lives in Baltimore County, go Ryan Fowler guitar experience. Let me know how it is. <laughs> that sounds tight. It does sound kind of like Bill's music, which I know, you know, fucking rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another place around me too, that I haven't been to in Annapolis called uh, GP guitars. And again, that's another one of those places. Like I look up like their inventory and just like, nothing but like old school like you know old like fender amps for like three thousand four thousand dollars that type of shit you know 1965 stratocasters you know you name it like it's it's crazy the type of guitars they had damn i passed through that area for work but i passed through it at a time of day where like i can't stop so i know that it exists but i've never gotten to go in i drive past it and like maybe one day I, w- I would love to check out these places. I mean, I'm sure that, like, you know, in the DMV area, there's probably even more that we don't even know about that's just, yeah. like, not right. like, openly listed. I mean, like, yeah, because there's so many, there's so many areas, like, you know, we, we there live used in to be areas a lot here. Yeah. But, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, like, we have, like, the boonies out, like, over on 66 and 81 in Virginia, and then, like, even up and like you know you get like all the way out to like frostburg up in maryland like there there's did there's... you guys ever have a jason's music around you by a any what? chance a jason's music uh no i'm not familiar with that no. name no I, I i'm not sure if they had like multiple locations that was like the local one when i was a kid oh, okay. and now it's like a real estate place like i'm, I'm oh, pretty shit. sure that's where i got like my first stratocaster at and like you know, it was one of those type of places I went to as a kid where I was just like, absolutely yeah. like, you know, always begging my parents, please, please, can we go? <laughs> it's funny because there's a, I was actually, eh, so the last time I was in, in Jersey to see, uh, to see my girlfriend, uh, we went to go to a, we went to go to a flea market and flea markets aren't like they used to be anymore up there. They used to be really, really crazy. And I'm sure they are, probably still are, but, you know, because of COVID and everything, they're not really popping. And so we were going, we were trying to go to a flea market and just wasn't, it, it didn't look cool. So we were like, all right, let's find something else to do. And I went around and I immediately, like, for some reason, I had this crazy fleeting thought of, like, when I was like a little young kid before I even started playing any instruments. And I had, I had expressed interest in music my uh my nana my grandmother uh brought me to this place that used to be in ocean county up in jersey that was like this insane guitar store and it wasn't a guitar center it wasn't like a music around it wasn't anything like that it was like its own thing 
and I think it closed. I I don't know, but it was like a big place. Like it was like, you know, like on, on par with like, uh, you know, to, to put it in perspective, it was right next to a food line. Okay. So yeah. it was like a big place, you know? Yeah. There used to be a spotlight guy in Glen Burnie when I was a kid too. Yeah. And the crazy part is that person eventually like went and started like, they closed the shop down. It's like a grocery store now, I think maybe. And like the person shut down and started just going to the flea markets and selling stuff. And probably about like three, four years ago, they opened up like an indoor flea market up the street and he was there selling gear, like nice shit, like Ernie Ball music man's like this guy had some really nice shit. Not so much like amps and pedals and stuff, which I've been like, when I go into like stores and everything, I'm not so much looking for guitars. I like looking at like the amps first and pedals. Like, I, I, I love looking at the pedals. And Really funny. I, I I don't know if it was the last episode before you were talking about the ODB pedal. Oh yeah. Hold on a second. I got something to show you. I got something to show you. Oh, I'm excited now. I actually have an old dirty bastard overdrive. Holy oh. shit! Is that made by Noise Kick? kick effects yeah yeah <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. No. i recognize the knobs yeah, I, and I, fe I feel like i saw it on his site that's dope yeah it's it's a it's a cool pedal i haven't really used it as much because i'm like i don't know there's just something about a boss like a boss overdrive yeah specifically like the uh what is that I, is it sd1 the yellow one yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've had it on my yeah, pedal. Yeah. I've had it on my pedal course and I got like I just like that nice, clean, crunchy overdrive. It's just it's so nice. This it's like super chunky and like I kind of like using it with the BC Rich, but I've been using like specifically like for the scrutinized stuff. I kind of like a nice, you know, not so much clean, but like a nice crunchy, distorted. Yeah, you want yeah. it. You, want you know, it nice saturated, yeah, nice saturated sound, and I, I can get that with that pedal. And like, you know, I always have it set up right in the right spot. Like, if I move it, or like we go to a show and the pedal moves, like the sound is like completely gone. And I'm like, I gotta sit there and like dial the pedal just right, mm -hmm. just to get you know that perfect sound. That you know, I think you talked about in the last episode too, like that that perfect sound. You know, that doesn't sound like. You know, it only sounds right to you. It's yours, yeah. That um, yeah. that ODB one might be perfect for that uh, the CKY thing you were telling me about. I bet you it would work with that. I mean, it, it's at least yeah, worth yeah. trying out, or like maybe. Yeah, like... I, I... Oh yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Keep <laughs> my bad, dude. I, I, I was, no, you could, <laughs> I was gonna say you could run the 6505 and do the AB rig, and then have the other, whatever the other head is running that, and then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It might be cool. Dude, you know what's crazy? Um, I don't know how familiar you guys are with CKY, but they're like, yeah. I, I, I grew like, up on those the the movies, so I grew up on the band too. Hey man, I, I got I got a CKY tattoo band. Fuck yeah. There Dumb we go. wonders for me. I, I love that band so much. But um Darren was actually selling his original OC2 pedal on his Facebook probably about two weeks ago. And I DM'd him like three times, like, answer me. I need to buy this. Like, I will take money out of my savings account and buy this thing. Like, you know, this is the sound of my childhood. You don't know how bad I need this pedal. They never got back to me. So 
whoever has it. Oh, he probably I'm, sold I'm, it immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have shot out some serious cash for that one, but fucking that band is so tight and like that that sound like I love OC2 like anything boss like I love I think I think my pretty much my whole like pedal setup is all boss I have you know the NS2 noise suppressor the SD1 um I even have like the orange DS1 I got one of those um I don't have an OC2, but I got the OC3. And what actually like really sparked my interest in getting the OC3, um, when Sangui Sugabog played uh, Atlas with Undeath, like right before the pandemic, um, they didn't, Sangui Sugabog didn't have a bassist, but their guitarist was like using that pedal to split the signal and play the bass and guitar at the same time. I was like, yo, like I've been yeah, wanting to get that. like an octave pedal for a long time, but that just really made me want to like really get it because you know i'm always without a basis i feel it that's dope and oh. and it, it works it works out pretty well i mean it, it really only works like great if you're just going for like you know big chromatic notes mm-hmm. not so much you know like chords and stuff like that but if you're playing like single note type of stuff and you run it right to a bass some like you split the signal right to like a bass hand or something sounds fucking great Fuck yeah. That's so sick. Have you heard of the OS2? The boss OS2? Which one is that? Like that that, that one uh, is the OD1 and the SD1. Or yeah, the SD one pedal. And then it's got like a knob that that you can like twist between them. So it's like running, it's running an A B. It's kind of like running them in A B, and then you can control how much of yeah. one over the other. I'll send no you a shit. I'm, I'm, yeah. Dude. Please, I, I I gotta know about this. Yeah, um, they, uh, they they sell for dirt fucking cheap. I heard uh, Kurt Ballou talk about it and uh, had to have one. And the thing is fucking sick. I really want one of his guitars, like the green one. Um, the what I can't remember what the name of that model is, but you know that green, big body guitar that he probably just started. I think he's done like two drops of them. Have you seen them? Yeah, the craft, I can't remember what the craft, the craftsman are they called the craftsmen? Yeah, 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 yeah. That guitar oh my is God. so fucking the fucking green, yeah, the green sparkly one is fucking incredible. Yeah, I want to go back. Uh, you know, it's funny because I feel like the guitars that like the, the two the two people making guitars right now that I want a guitar from that I could just I just feel like anytime that they pop up, ever see it when it happens mm-hmm. is is god city and developing nation absolutely yeah oh yeah e- even their pickups even their pickups too because like i i want the developing nations um god i, I can't remember the name of it. it's like a it's a night something the night something bridge pickup and then the slug jammers from god city yeah i want both of those and right. i always just like every time i think of them they're gone you know they're never there I think the last time he put the they put the guitars up for sale, I think that I saw the post like two hours after it was posted, and I went and checked it, and they were sold out. They still had bases, but no guitars. And I was like, oh, "Shit, ah, uh, yeah, that." Mm, Tell me again. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
sent you Sharm, I sent you that boss pedal. I'll show you later. But the the one I sent him yeah, yeah. is the one that I bought. I bought it on reverb for like forty something dollars. That that's the cool thing about the about those uh I mean, okay, yeah, I've seen this pedal before, and I actually I was kind of like interested. I've seen it a couple times. I was kind of interested on like how it sounds. You will love it. I think for forty for forty fifty bucks, I mean, you really can't go wrong. One hundred percent, right? Thousand percent. With any of those, I mean, what was the one that uh, me and you both had one at some point? It's the orange boss pedal. Is that the the DS two? The DS one. Or DS2 maybe. Or DM1 or MD1 or MD something. I think it was the MD2. The mega distortion. Yeah, mega distortion. Because that I remember that thing was very, I mean, very, very touchy. It was uh it had a very distinct tone, and they go for dirt cheap, like 30, 40 bucks, just like the rest. It was the MD2, yep. But that's the one that uh that's the pedal that uh the reason why. I had one and you had one was because we were at the time we were talking a lot about um uh undergang yeah. a lot of, about undergang and you were yeah. saying how they use that pedal for the guitar tone and it sounded nasty then I had one like I can't make this thing sound like that why doesn't it sound like that and then now I'm thinking now I think back and I'm like if I had one now I'm gonna buy one. I don't remember what Tommy said, but Tommy had some insight on the settings on it. And I can't remember what he said. So we'll have to check out that. I would have to check out that episode and remember what he said. Cause we, I think we covered a lot. I mean, we talk about, a lot. <laughs> we, we, we just talk a lot. We just talk out of our asses for fucking for way too long. And, and you know what? That's okay. Hey, cause it's all, it's all about the shit we love. Hell yeah. It's all about the shit we right. love, you know? But the MD2, I'm going to buy one of those again because I remember it had like this crazy like low-end distortion. It was, it was either, there was like no mid. Yeah. It was like either all low or all high. Mm. And I feel like there's there's a way, I mean, especially now, I think what I had that like three or four years ago at this point. I yeah. feel like with the knowledge I have now when it comes to pedals and gear. Actually, do what you want with it i could i could make it work you know either with like a graphic eq like the, the 10 band or you know even have somebody who does like some pedals like a smaller shop do like a mod like mm, switch yeah. out a spot or like have like a clean blend like knob added like you know what i mean because like people are always modding pedals and doing their own takes on things yeah right like the the one that i'm really excited about that has been teased a lot is done effects has been messing with a lot of the old DOD uh, uh, metal yeah, metal yeah, pedal American circuits. Metal. So he has like a, you no, know, he was doing like the, the, the thrash master one metal master and then yeah. the death metal pedal. Yeah. And you know, they're all kind of, they all kind of have like that HM two tone when you like max them out. Like when you right. don't max them out, they don't sound like that. Like they sound really cool and unique. Yeah. You know? So I'm excited about those, but uh that's cool. What have you been playing recent or what have you picked up recently? Gear-wise, uh I think the last thing I got, honestly, was probably either so my at my last job, my coworker gave me like a line six two by twelve. He was just like, 
look, I'm having another kid. I ain't got the room for this here. Take it. And, um, we were at practice one day and, you know, we had a couple too much drink, whatever. And, you know, I decided to plug a bass amp up to it because it had speakers and I plugged into the wrong jack and I fried the transformer. But whenever I find a new one, I'm going to put a new one in there. But, uh, I think right around the same time, I, uh, I picked up a DL4 at, at Atomic of all places. And Hell yes. just, recently, just recently, I just got into like how it actually works and like, you know, how to get the looping to work and, you know, how to get a nice, you know, delayed sound out of like, you know, it's pretty good. I've never really been big into modulation type shit, but like that's really like piqued my interest in it. And, you know, I've gotten some cool sounds out of it and, I've gotten to play it live a couple times now. You know, there's, there's not, a, there's probably like one song that ha- that like can really use the delay and like scrutinize stuff. And you know, any t- any chance I have, you know, to try use it in a live setting, I will. Like especially like the looper mode. Like you know, after a song, just you know, make a nice quick loop. I always love the- that shit. I always, I, 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 you used to you used to do that shit, and I used to be like, yeah, that shit's tough. So. I love the DL4 for the looper because that is the it's the most responsive looper because you could just keep playing and you hit it and you just hit it at the right time and it so fucking fast. The reason that I love it is because when I was the only guitar player in the band, I would play the riff and then if I was locked into the riff tight enough, I could hit a dive bomb and the riff would still be playing in the loop me and i thought that was the fucking sickest shit because like i can't think of that many people that do that and that was world peace era yeah that was that was when we were doing world peace yeah yeah i i remember i remember when you were doing that yeah and i know you're a dive bomb guy you got some dive bombs on that scrutinize so yeah i'm I'm on the floyd road i think well between my jackson and my bc rich all the other guitars I have are like in pieces and like, you know, I'll finish this one day. So like both of my guitars have Floyd Roses on it. So it's just like, you know, oh, I'm writing a, so- a softer song, kind of song. Oh, I guess it could use a dive bomb, you know. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, fucking, that- I, I just love it. Yeah, there's that one fucking dive bomb on that scrutinized record that hits for so long, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like this was. Oh yeah, on the second track, yeah. Anytime we like play it at practice, I like pull out my wrist like this, like I'm looking at a like a watch, (laughs) and I just start playing it. And then, uh, dude, when we record that song, it was badass. Like I feel like, um, you guys know Sebastian, right? From like Noisem. I know of him. Uh, I might have met. I don't. I don't think I've ever met him. And his studio, uh, Hotbox Recording Facility, um, great, great place. Um, you know, shameless plug right here. If you want to get some good shit recorded, go to go go to Jeremy too. But if you're around the Baltimore area, Sebastian's got it going on. Um, his shit sounds great. I actually want to like bring it up, like when when record with him, because like me being a PV, you know, I guess you could say a PV junkie. I was like, you know, I kind of wanted to use my head, you know. I can't go wrong with that time. I remember when I got there, he had a uh, he had a VTM 120 and a Triumph 120, and I was like, Ooh. "Okay, let, let's let <laughs> we can get something cooking." So, um, I can't. I think I might have did the leads with the Triumph, and like, you know, it's got like 
like a marshally kind of sound to it like that it, you know it sounds really good for leads and then when i did the rhythms i used the vtm 120 which kind of has like that tinge of like a marshall head and it when we you know did both guitar tracks together and blended the amps blended so well together and fucking pb all the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah that record sounds great i i assumed it was just one of your heads i, I figured it was nah, the, man, the, the PV with I, the I went there and he had yeah I, I had all intentions of using it but i got there and i was like yo these things probably sound sick and i think it was like the triumph 120 i plugged it in and like i don't know if it's like my favorite guitar tenor but i just like that super saturated like you know and justice for all guitar tone that nice yeah. fucking you know that, that oh, yeah. mesa boogie front you know there's top tier guitar noise in my opinion um and i like i feel like i got like sort of a similar sound like when i first plugged it in i was like yo this is it like let's knock out these guitar tracks now it sounds like it was probably one of those things where you just you just hit a palm mute and you just sit there just like chugging away yes, yes. and you just can't believe how fucking good that shit sounds Dude, it's so oh. it's so funny because <laughs> how you're saying you went in with the full intention of using your head i every time i've recorded it's been the same way literally like like when when we went to record uh so the wrist me razor record the last one the the first one i was able to use my head because recorded with you we recorded with you and this so I used the Randall and the the Mesa single rack, I mm -hmm. think, is what I used. And that had a cool, that had a cool like blend and that was unique, especially for that record. But for the last record, when we went to record, I was like, I want to use my heads. Like I want to use my Ampeg, you know, VH140C, because that's like, you know, who uses that for a metalcore band? You know, like you you, you don't you don't right. really see that. Yeah. And that was like my main tone. And, you know, I wanted to bring it and I, I don't know if I did bring it. I think I got vetoed on it. They were like, nah, you're not bringing it. And I was like, oh, whatever. And so we got there and, you know, we recorded a single and a single with Andy from Bricktop cover with him. And what we ended up using for the rhythm tone was the, the Soldano 100. And it was cool. Like it sounded good. And it was like, you know, it was it was cool, but when we went, when we went back, I wanted to use one of my heads because I was like, that's not my tone. You know what I mean? But then we got in right. there and like, you know, obviously when you go to a studio, you have choices. You know, they have they have all these different kinds of heads. I mean, Jeremy, for God's sakes, has just any six out here alone in in his room, not even in the practice space. You know. So like yeah. you know we get there and he has like the Dean Costello heavy metal warfare head, is amazing sounding and I I want one really badly, it just wasn't the right sound for it. And then you know he had like the sixty five oh five and like the fifty one fifty the Soldano just like all these different options. And then the, the the one that we ended up landing on was the the JCM eight hundred like of all things was the jcm 800 into uh i forgot what the cab was but it i remember asking because i could not believe the sound that i got out of it like we plugged into the 800 with just like some one of my pedals in front of it or one of tyler's pedals in front of it and i chugged and i was like oh 
it was like like you were saying like you just you just you just hit those chugs like the eighth note chugs you just can't believe you just can't stop and it it was like that and i was like andy what's in this cap like what what speakers are in this like and and like why does it sound so good he's like oh it's just you know it's two eminence wizards and two v30s in an x pattern and i was like immediately went to my notes and wrote it down and like still still (laughs) to this day i'm like i need to do that at some point and my mesa cab one of the speakers i think is failing so i might end up doing it sooner than later there you go i do like jpm 800s those are um when i was in butcher's dozen we recorded the uh great mistakes ep and like another another one of those things like i showed up with like all my gear and like i'm looking at the stuff in this guy's studio shout out mike at uh at Oblivion Studios in Upper Marlboro, good place, good dude. Um, he did, uh, pulling teeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Did vicious skin. Yeah, oh, that's a good one too. No, he didn't do vicious skin because that one was great work in there. Okay, it was one of the other ones. It might have been Martyr Immortal. I mean, to be fair, the whole pulling teeth discography yeah. is can't go wrong yeah. with any of. That's sick that you guys yeah. weren't there for that because I went when you guys put that record out. I saw his name on there and I was like, oh. I know why they went there, and I know that they knew why they went there. <laughs> so, dude, who's idea when I got there, um, I think it was Jake's actually. Oh wow! And he, um, I, I forget who like mentioned it to him. I think it might have been like um Travis from Iron Price actually. He was like, "Yo, this dude Mike, he does like phenomenal work. Like, you know, just go look up his discogs." And we did one day. And I was like, "Yo, like, let's go with this dude." You know, it's like half an hour from my house. Like. Yeah. It's going to be so sick. And like, it was, it was everything. Like it, it was fucking sick. Like it was one of the best times I've ever had like recording ever. Oh, and, yeah, um, my bad. We, we, we cut you off twice when you were trying to talk about the nah, man, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I, I figured we, we can always catch each other and like wrap it back around, but I still felt bad. Yeah. I like, oh, shit. We just did nah, that man, it's twice. Cool. It's cool. When I got there, I, I brought my head and like I had all intentions of using it. And I was like looking at all his heads, you know. He's got like, you know, he's got a couple sixty-five fives or fifty-one fifty. And I see the JCM eight hundred and I see it's got a Fordin badge on it. I was like, Oh, and I'm like, you know, hey, uh, can we try out this head real quick? And he's like, Oh, the dudes in Sadis use this head. This shit's a beast. So plugged <laughs> it up yeah. and literally just like you said like when you start making them triplets and you're just like yup this is it and fucking you know i i did the leads with that and i did the rhythms of my 6505 and like the the blend of the guitars was just nice i i that, that record that record sounds so good and the guitars just sound top notch and fucking I, I i wanted to leave with that head i was like mike please kind of <laughs> like borrow this for a show something man this thing sounds so sick throw it until forever yeah literally funny because uh my you know, in the last episode you were talking about power amps right was yeah, that yeah, the yeah. was that the last episode before um you know those seymour duncan ones that are probably like 300 400 dollars i can't remember like the, the power, model power name stage, but I, right? one. I think it is the power it's called the power stage yeah is it yeah i think it's the power yeah stage. yeah the power stage yeah the 400 i think yeah i want one so bad that's that's another like item that i kind of want because it's like so compact and like anybody i've seen with it like it's just it's devastating tone like yeah and that tiny ass fucking thing well it's 
you could either put it on a pedal board or you can fucking rack mount it too, which is genius. Yeah. The fact that you could do one or the other and it works perfectly for either situation. I mean, it's it, awesome. It's just it goes to show like the, the the crazy ingenuity these days yeah. of of companies, you know, because like obviously like people are traveling, maybe not right now, but people are traveling and playing like different countries and like you can't bring your whole rig, you know. Like I, I've heard stories yeah. of that travel to europe or to japan and they have to like you know rent gear and like it's not necessarily like the exact thing they want to use or it's like it doesn't you know eat up to the standards that they have for their tone like with something like that like you know like having it literal amp on your pedal board like you can go with that you can fit it in your fucking suitcase yeah like, and, and that's where like preamp, that's where like preamp yeah. pedals and everything backpack, like yeah. that you can you can like the, the abilities are endless i mean like even he knows because he let me borrow it but the the moss valve rack that he has for sale on reverb right now go check it out uh i actually sold it a couple days ago <laughs> never mind don't go check it out because he sold it a couple days ago um but he let me use that for this almost two month tour that i did and it's just clean power but it's loud as hell it's small and I just ran the uh, the 5150 uh, MXR overdrive in front of it with the boost on. And it was a little bit dark. But towards the end of that tour, my buddy Steven, uh, who also has a, well, I don't think he owns it, but he has a in modded Marshall in his, uh-huh. in his like rehearsal space. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, uh, I want to use it. Um, yeah. He let me borrow the... Uh, one of the uh, KSR series preamp pedal. And I put that thing in front of the Moss valve and it was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Like this sounds insane. And it's, it's that small too. Yeah. It's, it's literally, it's literally just like you could fit it in both your hands. You can just, you put it in a backpack. I mean, you probably even put it in like, right. in like a little handbag. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like in like the tone out of it, was crazy and it's just it's like it just goes to show like the amount of i don't know where i was going with all this i have a i have a, a habit of going on tangents i, I think jeremy right, can relate we 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 all do it the whole show is just us just going on and on absolutely and you know what it's dope we got rocks for brains we got white trash palettes Terrible. we love pointy guitars and Amazing. we talk a lot yes. um yes pointy guitars <laughs> but like Hell you don't yeah. you don't need to have like a super heavy ass head to get a good tone and like you can yeah i don't know the, the power stage absolutely and then i'm now thinking back now that i have this fucking heavy ass 6505 and like when clay will come over for like morbid deity practice we'll just be swinging his randall solid state around i'm like oh, man, i can't once you know i'm tired of breaking my back like especially after the pandemic you know I wasn't moving my gear around as much, like, you know, going to shows or, like, moving my gear. I got, like, I felt like I got out of shape. Like, I picked up, like, I felt like I used to be able to pick up a 4 by 12 cabinet and carry it by myself. And now I'm, like, asking my roommate, hey, can you give me a hand with this? (laughs) Man, it, it, that's, it's, it's funny because literally went from, I went from touring all the time to not touring at all. And then went right back into going on tour for two months. And I, like, I had like wrist, like, you know how you get like shin splints, you know, yeah. I, I was having like wrist, like wrist splints where I was like, I was pick up the cab and I'd feel like a pain in my arm. I'm like, God damn, this sucks. Right, uh, 
Yeah, any anytime I've played a show and played a like a two by twelve cabin, I'm like, fuck, I want one of these after playing it. <laughs> this is so nice. And like you'll see the dude like leaving the venue just carrying it with one with one arm or like, you know, yes. have wheels on it, just pushing it down the street, or like <laughs> have his case like pushing it down the street like this, you know what I'm saying? Like Or you <sighs> could you could have the worst of the worst fucking uh meathead uh bullshit. Uh, and be like me, where I try and carry two cabs. Ugh. So cool, though. It's so cool. I mean, yeah, that like of the the staggered four by twelve that me and my dad made, and like that thing is so unrealistically like big. Like, you, you should a, send him a picture of it. I will absolutely sent. send you a picture. I haven't posted about it yet, but uh, started building cabs with my dad. And we made a staggered four by 12. That's like probably four feet tall. Exactly. Heard the show. You've heard the show, you know, <laughs> I but, didn't mean to cut you off. But. Oh no, 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 you're good. But it's just like, it's unrealistically big. Like I can't fit it in my car. So like, I, I you know, like, but it's so cool. That's yeah. the allure. Like, like I don't like two twelves are cool. And like combo amps are cool, but like, I like the idea of having like a, you know, a full stack or like a 612 and being like, I'm the man. You know what I mean? You know what I don't see a whole lot of people do that, uh, that I think would be cool to do would be just, just to have a couple 212s. So you could just bring like two 212s to a show. Right. Yeah. That's not, that's not bad. Yeah. That's actually, I don't know why that's not more of a thing. Because then, like, you don't have to have two of the same 212s. You could do, like, an orange 212 and then, like, a little Marshall 212 or Mesa 212 yeah. and just do two. And then that way you're not breaking your back either. That, They're yeah. both portable. You only have to bring one of them to a practice, you know, like, and just, like, leave the other one in your trunk. You want it home. You know, I, Jeremy, really smart. Honestly, my brain is so big sometimes. That's, like... How it's how how have how have how have I never thought of that before? I've only seen one band do it. Uh, the dude Cody from Caught in the Crowd used to do two orange two oh. twelves. See, and like and like, logistically speaking, like when it comes to like packing a van, like if you're if you're touring or like you have limited space, like that's actually yeah, that's so smart because it doesn't have to be like one big unit. You can yeah. break them up. That you just make a second trip. Whatever. I think or I think you're on to get your fucking singer to help you. I think that that's that's asking a lot. I yeah. think you're on to something. <laughs> I think you're on to something though. Um before we get fucking even further off track, uh <laughs> can we talk about scrutinize like how the band came together? Yeah, sure, man. Pretty much any anything you want to talk about with the band. I do want to talk about the recording process. Yeah, uh, the songs. Sure. Um, but I don't I don't know. I don't even know how the band came to be because I just found out about it one day. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. it literally just popped up, I feel like. Yeah, uh so prior I think it was towards the end of like 2019, 2020. Uh you guys know Mike Mike he moved down here and Mike Tabor you guys know him. Um, he moved down here and he was like, yo, I had an idea for a band. Uh, I got my homie, Brandon. He's pretty good at playing drums. Like we should like, you know, set up some, you know, I'm always down for like side projects, even though like 
I wish people would stop hitting me up to play guitar and like, you know, maybe play drums instead, but it's whatever. But we, we got together one day and, you know, we just started jamming and eventually um, Sean came, picked up bass. Clay was actually uh, a guitarist for a little bit and scrutinized. He came through a couple times, you know, laid down a couple riffs. I didn't and, know. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, actually, the, I'll get into that later. Um, but, uh, so we, we just started, we just started jamming one day and, you know, we, these songs started coming out, like they started sounding good. And next thing you know, the pandemic hit. So we still like practice, not like as often, but maybe like once every like three weeks. And then eventually, you know, we were sitting on the demo tracks for like a long time. so. We just like cleaned them up one day, did like a band camp, you know, demo type thing and, you know, just waited for shows to come back. And it probably wasn't until about you know, September. We didn't have our first show. And um, it was like a couple weeks after our first show, we went and recorded the EP and then it came out on Valentine's Day. So um, we've played probably about two or three shows now. And They've been sick. No, we probably played more than that. We played uh, the pie shop in DC. That place is awesome. Uh, Justin Anthony put on a sick ass show, and we had a good ass time. Good dude. Um, yeah, dude, sick. Uh, got to play uh, in Delco somewhere. The media VFW hall. We got to play there in October for like a Halloween show. It was pretty tight. And like you know, we tried out the songs that we wrote. Like you know, went to went to Sebastian's and recorded and like, you know, getting a good reaction from them. And it was like, you know, fuck, let's record this. So <laughs> finally got to record in October and, you know, felt like we dropped the ball and everything, you know, you know how it goes going and, and, and into a band, you know, you try to get artwork and you try to get the merch and logos and, you know, it all takes a long time. So it was like right around January, we finally started getting everything wrapped up, and then we were able to drop it in February, and it's out now. If you yeah. haven't grabbed the tape, go pick one up at Street Fight Records. And it, I, all the dudes in the band are great, you know. We're, we're all friends, first and foremost. And, you know, anytime we get together, like, it's just ideas left and right. And, like, shit we're working on now, is, it's only getting better. And Brandon's a phenomenal drummer. Sean's an incredible bassist. Um, Mike's a great vocalist. It's just great how it all came together. So and you definitely got the right people doing the right fucking thing. And it's sick that it comes that absolutely. natural because that means you're doing like everything fucking right. And on yep. top of that, I feel like, and this might just be me, but I feel like the pandemic, like, like starting, like jamming and starting to the writing process for those songs and having the pandemic hit and having to sit on them gave you, mm-hmm. gave you the time to like really hone your craft, you know, like, like, yeah, exactly. really like, like yeah. put it together so that like what you're putting out, what you guys have put out is like, this is like, good good shit you know what i mean and it is good shit it shows and it's like you were telling me before we started recording it's like you guys october been playing that and you've gotten like locked in and with those songs being as groovy as they are 
you can fucking lock into that groove in a way that like you were locked into it when you recorded it. Now you're like on a whole nother fucking level. Yeah, you know. That's sick. And it's only gonna get even tighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh man. It's I am just happy we can finally play shit. We got uh we're playing a couple shows next week, playing uh playing was it the nineteenth? Yeah, Saturday, March nineteenth. Karma shackled dare us at the Shamrock Inn in Baltimore. And then nice. uh, we're playing Wilkes Bear the next day, like a matinee. I can't remember the bands. Promise Breaker, uh, Ripped Away. There's one that I can remember right now. We're playing Philly the day after. So really excited to finally like play shows again. Excited to see what else. So there's Saturday there's the 19th is the Baltimore date? Yeah, yep. Yes. Yeah, so- it'll be the first show we've played since the EP dropped. So it'll be yeah. great, you know. Finally, we'll have copies to sell of the tapes and we'll have some shirts. Finally, it's it's great. We haven't had really had we've had no merch at all. We've played uh, coming empty handed the shows, and these people are like, you know, I mean, you guys don't have tapes, anything like we've done CDs. You're building like, a demand, uh, though. You're building a demand. You mean, yeah. like, honestly, like when it comes down to it, you can you can be a band that has like three songs and 15 shirts. But if the music yeah. isn't there, then what's the point? You know, when you guys have the music, so it's like, you know what I mean? The music yeah. speaks for itself. You don't need the merch to, to reinforce it. But it's just kind of like a little bit of icing at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And all the dudes in, in the band, like, you know, we, we all like have different niches in music. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. we all bring something different to the table. I mean, collectively, we all listen to, like, the same shit, but, you know, it's nice, like, we think outside the box a little bit, you know, when it comes to writing stuff, you know, maybe this drum part will work different here, let's maybe change this up a little bit, or, you know, it, it all works out fairly well, and I, I generally enjoy making music with these guys, and, you know, I look forward to jamming, you know, every week, we didn't get to jam this week, but it's, it's always a good time, I can't wait to play more shows, man, Hell yeah. and keep on working on new music absolutely buying new gear (laughs) that's what it's all about i was about to say oh you mean staying sane and then you mentioned gear and i'm like oh staying insane yeah uh yeah god man i i since we started the podcast i i feel like think about gear almost even more now yeah it's kind of it's kind of bad like i'm like looking at reverb constantly like refreshing like my feed and like seeing what pops up and then i'm sending mm-hmm. you stuff i mean there was that uh there was that uh what is it not the not the war slinger it was that that warlock with the crackle finish the mock uh, no that was iron bird was it an iron bird the green and black one yeah, yeah it was iron bird yeah, there was a there was a I think it was a platinum platinum series like uh green and black crackle finish ironbird on reverb for like five hundred bucks. And if I hadn't and if I hadn't just bought the, the guitar that I just got, I would have got it. So since I couldn't, I sent it to the well, on Facebook marketplace I saw the other day of a guitar. It was like a reverse body flying V. Oh shit! What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, That's it kind of blew my mind. I know Gibson has one of those. Yeah, it's actually kind of like a rare guitar too. 
this show has like made like me looking up shit way worse but on the flip side it's also made me want to check out more music absolutely i don't know i've been listening to more shit the show like what so so for example like what uh i'm sure charm is probably hip to this but uh are you into like uh that band twist of cane or two witnesses it seems yeah, like um, your alley. I've, checked out, I've checked out twisted cane i haven't checked out two witnesses yet twisted cane was pretty cool um i like like that's serious riffs like the, the production's really good on that and like yeah. songwriting's pretty good and that's some that's some big boy mosh music i like if, it if you like that, you'll like two witnesses yeah. too. It's different, but two, it's kind of got the same kind of feel. Two, two yeah, different. yeah, for sure. Scrutinize kind of like scrutinize those two bands, and there's like some other stuff that's come out lately that kind of like they're all like completely different, obviously, but like there's something about them. There's like, sw- like a groove and a swing mm-hmm. in some of those bands. Uh, they remind me of each other in that way a little bit, and it's yeah, it's, that's the oh, Gibson right the there. Fuck? That's the Gibson. That thing is so not right that it's right. <laughs> Makes sense. I can't. I'm in Pasadena. In Pasadena. Damn. But dude, two witnesses. Yeah. Never been played. So, so Louisville Hardcore is so fucking badass. And I am very biased because I lived there. But two witnesses is just like a combination of a lot of like some of the best musicians and people from Louisville doing a band. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, so like, you remember that band Nine Eyes? Ever listen to Nine yeah. Eyes? Not familiar. I never listened to them, but I, I know the band. So it's Jim from Nine Eyes on guitar. Uh, Mo, who does vocals, he's, he's been in a lot of bands, but they're, it, it's, that's just a really good fucking band. And uh, some of the two of the Garris brothers, they actually did you see the X Weapon X demo? I saw that that was out. I, I was at the way to the grocery store yesterday. Oh, yeah, it's, that shit was oh, pretty heavy. It's it's like it's like drumming, the drumming one is very, it's very interesting. I, I like it. Like, uh, not the intro, like the second song, like the drumming one. It was like, damn, this is like different. Like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's young Trey Garris who is now playing drums and dare actually. Oh wow. Which is really Hey, we play with them next week. Uh, oh yeah. Shout out. Plug, plug shout that out. shit. Yeah, that that's going to be a great yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I'm so excited for it. Like we played a um I've been filling in for more of a deity yeah. on drums and we got to play the Shamrock in last week. It, it was mad tight and I was just thinking like, you know, the show next year is going to be you it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. So get there early because it's gonna it's gonna get packed out. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah, Shamrock Inn's dope, man. I like it. It's a it, only weird thing about it is like the the anytime I've ever been to every show I've ever been to there has always been like a brawl. I don't know if it's just the vibes there, <laughs> like but motherfuckers just come in there with bad attitudes. And I, 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 I think I've been to three or four shows there, and each time I've seen. I've seen that door in the back get like knocked open and it just shut and you know oh, people don't come back inside. Oh. The bar definitely has its locals that seem to not fuck with the shows at all. Like from the very yeah, first yeah. time. 
It's like I don't oh. know if I've ever been there, so I, I'm interested to see the dynamic because it's part, interesting. Part of me almost feels like that adds to that adds to the the vibe in a positive way, where it's like you got people that are pissed off that you're there, and yeah. it makes you want to be there even more. That's kind of how it yeah. feels like being there. Yeah, yeah. I I, li- I like that kind of vibe because it kind of gives you like that like that extra like yeah I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn up just a little bit more. Just a little bit more, just to piss you off. Like dude, one balding so dude in the NASCAR jacket sitting at the bar drinking a fat tire. You're gonna be pissed off. You're gonna hate and, and you're gonna hate every you're second of it. You're, gonna love you're it. describing the last book of dozen show that we played. Uh, <laughs> oh shit. NASCAR this jacket. Bar, this bar fat tire. Shout out that shout out Henny Max. <laughs> uh, great, great, great place. Um the show was sick, and like I hope I can do more shows there in the future. But the locals were like, I've noticed they've had like hair metal bands there and stuff, and like it's hard to get like a Friday or Saturday show there because it's usually like a cover band or like a hair metal band playing. Right. So like I didn't know. I I was kind of like interested, like what the reaction would be at this place, you know. The first band that played was actually like John Pence's band, Layways. They were like the first band to play. Oh, yeah. And at, I was standing at the bar talking to the owner, and like, you know, he's happy or whatever. Like, people at the bar hanging out, and like, you just hear the one, you know, the guitars start. And some dude at the bar is like, hey, man, can you tell them to turn it down? And as soon uh, as he said that, like, the band started playing, and like, I went back after their set and the guy was like gone, but the owner was like in the back, like bobbing his head, having a good time. Like, yeah. you know, Hey man, this shit's sick. Yes. But yeah. shout right. out Hetty Mac. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to do some more shit there, but the vibes there is, is just like Shamrock and it's, it's crazy. That's hilarious. I guess it's just that, like, I guess it's just that, that Baltimore area bar type deal, you know, with the, yeah. with the Ray Lewis fat head on the wall. Oh yeah, you you go in for the natty bows, you leave with a bad attitude. Yep, yeah, <laughs> not wrong, not wrong. But uh, I, I was telling Jeremy uh, like before we started, like I'm excited for that. That is that the first immersed in pain show? Yeah, uh, yeah, the one. Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. man! I'm, I'm excited for that one. It's gonna be sick. That is the first immersed in pain show. I'm I'm real stoked that it's with Vastum. Yeah, that's a. That, that's a cool gig, man. Can't wait for that one. I love going to shows there. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited to finally play Atlas. I've never, I've never played Atlas. I've been there a couple times with, with Jeremy. Some of the other death metal shows, like we, I, we saw Two Mold there one time. We saw, uh, God, what Infernal Coil? Yeah. We were just talking about how like that's one of the best venues. Really, it really is, and I mean I, that was all. Like I think the last time I was there was probably a couple of years ago, so it's probably even better at this point. I saw Ilsa it's, play. It's, weird, it's a weird place for, for for like live sound. I feel like because of all yeah. like the big big open areas and the big giant like milling machines for the beer and everything. But you know, it it can sound really good in there. Like I like in, it. It's got character. Right, like right before the pandemic, I saw Scorch there, like around Christmas time, and like it sounded so good in there. And like you know, the San Guisuga Bagon Death show before the pandemic starts. That was another one of them shows with like you know, goddamn, yeah. like the sound is good in here. That I think the last right. show I went there was yeah. uh, Two Hundred Stab Wounds. Were you guys at that one? Maybe. 
I was not at that one because nope. I was going to the Ilsa show that was either just before or after that. I want to say it was after that. That was a that was a that was when it was like really there was a couple that were lined up. Yeah. Where it was like you kind of have to pick and choose which ones you go to. Yeah. Which is a yeah. good problem to have though. Yeah. You yeah, know? honestly. You know, I, I hope I, I really hope that uh uh you know Baltimore shows start like off again like they were a couple years ago. I feel like oh, it's kind of it's kind of hit a lull, and I feel like that happens in most places. You know, there's always ups and downs. I mean, obviously places like Philly or like you know out in California, like those will always stay because it's just it is what it is. Yeah, but like Autobar has been doing a lot, but I don't think anybody mm-hmm. else has really been doing anything that, in the, in the city. I think most yeah. of it's happening Towson and around yeah, yeah. around more yeah i might be completely wrong and I like i know anything but i don't have a problem with like you know going to those places either like you know i don't mind like you know i think it'd be cool you know you have one show in like i don't know fucking like towson and then like you know you got another spot maybe like penny maxing lemon bernie like you know i'm I've driven like long ways to go to shows, and even like what, lo- like from a local's perspective, like if I gotta make a trip to like you know, I mean from my place to the city is probably like twenty minutes, but like you know, a place like the Shamrock Inn that's probably like you know another thirty five, forty five minutes for me, and you know yeah. I don't mind taking the drive. So I mean I don't think specifically you know, I, I, I yes I do like shows in the city as well. Like I, I miss I, I miss a good sidebar show. I like. I've always liked going to shows there. Fucking, you know, I, I would love to have one of those again. Met, I've seen, I think I've only been to one show so far since Metro Gallery has opened back up, but that place is sick. The sound there is awesome. Um, went to the, to the Vomit Force Hang with and Frozen Soul Tour, and then yeah. every band killed. That was great. That was a great tour. But fucking um, shows have been like really like pop, like mostly like at the Metro Gallery and Auto Bar, I feel like. But, you know, at a DIY level, I mean, I would love to like, you know, do something like where I could have a show like, you know, maybe like twice a month, like Sunday matinee or something. And the owner that I've, I've talked with it before with like the owners of the venue and Hey Max specifically. They've said, you know, they're totally cool with it, especially on weeknights, too. It's just I've been really dropping the ball and, like, really trying to get something going. So, I mean, hey, if you're listening to this and you want to come play around the Baltimore area, hit me up. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right but, now. So, I would, I would, Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wanted to do a scrutinized record release, but I, I don't know if we'll have the time or, like, you know, maybe we'll do something with our next release, but I guess we can consider what this show coming up on Saturday is the first show we played since we've dropped at least. So we can treat it as like an EP release show, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I I literally just uh so you know Gates to Hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Man, so yeah, Gates to Hell is fucking awesome. But those are good friends of mine and literally just uh they were they're just uh announced a East Coast tour the ballista from texas and all great people love ballista love gates to hell but they were having trouble finding finding a spot to play in like more like 
New Jersey. And I'm like, you, you know, and like, I feel like just the people that were booking shows aren't doing it anymore. And so people don't know who to go to. I think, I think it's, it's more of like, I know we're like slowly, you know, going back into like the new normal, I guess you could say, but I think mostly it's people not wanting to take the chance, like specifically like booking a show, you know, I don't think it matters so much now, but you know, a few months ago, like when we're up in order, like, like people having shows and everything, I think people were a little bit, you know, because I, I can say definitely like when I did like the last Butcher's Dozen show, I felt like, you know, at first when I like started like asking the bands and everything, you know, it's going to be a, like, you know, problem with like, you know, people find out I'm having the show, you know, are they going to be beating down my door? Like, Hey, you're going to kill my grandma if you have a show. I think that's that fear is slowly starting to leave. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, towards the summer, we might be able to have like a fully functioning, you know, back like it was probably like you know back in i feel like 2014 2015 there was always a show going on in this area oh, but yeah. and like i would i would yeah. beg to say that's like the goal look at art space yeah oh, yes. yeah art, art space life torment, I, I, yeah i've seen life of torment a couple times at art space fucking yeah <laughs> oh man yeah yeah, you, pro- you probably you probably saw you probably maybe saw reality check when I was playing drums very very long time ago maybe. Um, but anyway, getting back to it, I think like you know now that COVID's what sort of thing now. I, I don't know if we're gonna get demonetized or whatever, but you know the c word. Um, I think I think while well, this now that the fear is kind of over, I think people are going to start opening up a little bit and being like, yeah, maybe we should, you know, do a show here, a show there. I'd like to see it because I feel like everywhere else is like blowing the fuck up. Like, you know, I feel like I see a tour flyer every week and I'm like looking at like this place, are they coming here? You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just not like that anymore. DC has been popping off. I feel like more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that, but yeah, it does feel that way. But so, you know, who, who's not to say, I mean, once we see how these next couple tours, the next couple months pan out, you know, now that these big bands are getting back on the road, and now we're about to have like our first like spring and summer with, you know, hopefully without like, you know, restrictions. Hell yeah. I, I feel like I see like more shows happening and I'd, I'd love to see it. I miss going to shows all the time. I mean, I try to go to like every show I have a chance to now mm-hmm. and I've gotten to see, you know, some pretty cool acts and like, the past year i guess you could say since music's been back mm-hmm. it's it's funny too because i i think that you know the idea that people are getting more comfortable with it now because more tours are actually happening like so back in november when i went on the sea space cowboy tour with Rismi razor that was still kind of like we're still up in the air of like we were told like yeah. hey, you know shows are probably going to get canceled here and there so don't be surprised. And we surprisingly had no shows get canceled or dropped by any promoters or anything. But it's it's very much a regional thing in terms of like the fear of it, you know, like potentially getting sick and things like that. Because there are some places that were more lenient than others. Like I think the most Absolutely. strict place, the most strict place was in Buffalo. 
all places. Like I, I, I don't know what I expected, but they were like, you need to wear masks while you play on stage. And we were like, okay, uh, I'm going to have an asthma attack, but okay. You know? And, and like, and like, I respect that, you know, and we ended up coming yeah. to a compromise and we were able to play without masks on stage everywhere else. You had to wear a mask and I, I'm fine with that. You know, I care about my health. I care about other people's health, but yeah, b- bottom line, I, I really do hope that things start popping off in, in pretty much everywhere, you know, anywhere that yeah. those have been happened to have happened. I hope that it pops off again. And, you know, the scenes that have, you know, kind of dwindled out because of, you know, what's been going on with the pandemic. I hope that five in lieu, people can talk about gear. People can start playing their gear yeah. out live and we yeah. can start, we could talk to them. They can, they can listen to this podcast. They can hear. hear One thing me. that does make me happy though. I feel like every show I've been to since everything has happened i feel like i see some at least someone new like yeah. you know absolutely at the show absolutely and, a you lot know, of young a lot of young kids yeah, yeah and you know it's definitely cool to see because i you know i'm i've been to a lot of shows and you know it's been like you know it could be me and germ and like 20 other people but now i feel like you know the same 20 people we see all the time but now it's more like, you know, I see the same 20 people I see all the time, but then maybe like, you know, a group of new kids and it's like, you know, holy shit, that's dope. And like, you know, these kids come up and talk to you, like after you play a set or something, you find out, you know, these kids are like, you know, 17, 16 years old. Like, that's the coolest shit to me. Like, you know. It really like, is. Like on, on any scale, yeah. whether whether you're just somebody that goes to shows, you're somebody that plays shows, like seeing new faces is always awesome. If you're a fucking kid, if you're a kid in the last two years and you've been fucking locked at home and you got nothing to do, like, yeah, you might watch a shit ton of Netflix and this and that and whatever. You're also probably spending a lot of time on the internet and you're probably falling into a rabbit hole of like shit to listen to. And that's probably where a lot of these kids get into this shit is just like finding the shit on the internet and just going all in. And that's where it leads you to to videos that Sonny makes, like Hate Five Six, like literally has so many videos that like kid that finds like yeah and you just you go to the videos and you can click in like the description and it leads you to like a band that sounds like that band and you know it's just i i feel do it for hours yeah like for literally i i feel like the i i feel like there's pros and cons of the pandemic like overall like yes it sucks but in terms of coming out of it on the other side, I feel like we're seeing a lot of a lot of really passionate younger kids that are, are coming in with like bright eyes to, you know, yeah, into sure. like underground music in general, or even when it comes to, um, you know, like 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 guitars and things like that. Like you're able, to, like you said, all you have is the internet when you've been inside. Yeah, you know, so you're just looking, watching videos, doing this or that, and so it piques your interest and in all these different things. And then when you're finally able to get your hands on it or, you know, experience it in person, it's like you got to keep doing it. Yeah, and that's another part of that is like it's checking out shit and being into shit because 
those are the people who are going to like make new stuff. Like someone like you or me is probably going to keep doing the things that we're doing, mm -hmm. but somebody who's like never been a part of it before is probably going to come up with some new shit. It's fucking sick too. Cause it, yeah. Cause I'm less worried about what fucking somebody my age. Yeah. Like, uh, of course, like I'm always down for a uh, X members of like whatever mm -hmm. type band. I'll always check that shit out. But like, I think there's something to be said for like fucking like bands like X weapon X and some of these mm -hmm. like fucking like kids doing cool shit out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I mean like literally like that's the, that's the thing with like, gates to hell for example like yeah. those are all dudes that have played in bands but like seth the the main songwriter uh drums in glass killing floor yeah played drums in glass killing floor i don't even know where that band stands right now but regardless seth is is a young person and mm -hmm. seth is a drummer first and foremost and then they started playing guitar and they're like hey i'm gonna do like you know, like a death metal kind of thing they started that by themselves and then now it's a full-fledged band and it's like just so cool because with a with a the younger perspective on genres and music especially in underground music it's you know you're not trying to like sound like something in particular like you hear something and like it's just the new perspective like you said like it's yeah. refreshing you know like they might end up being Sorry. like the three of us where it's like you know, they see somebody using X or Y guitar or like, you know, this pedal, that head, this cab. And they're like, ah, I want to explore. I want to try something new. Their interest is peaked in gear and they start doing all these things. And it's just like, it's an endless cycle. It's just really cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> I uh, I forgot to mention, I've really been wanting a Les Paul lately. I don't know why, but that's like one. Of, that's like when I think about like I've had like when I think of like guitars and shapes. I've had I feel like I've had like some crazy shaped guitars, but I don't have anything like normal. And I feel like you know, there's just something about Les Paul. I like playing them anytime. Like I'm at like Guitar Center, or, like Atomic, like I pick one up. So I think. And, and plus, I need something with a fixed bridge. Uh, I'd, I'd definitely like to have somewhere I don't have to break out an Allen key or, yeah. you know, or a, a Phillips head screwdriver having to, you know, adjust the bridge on the Floyd Rose, you know. So I think I think over the next couple of months, maybe maybe the next time we meet on one of these episodes, I can I can present <laughs> yeah. my new but um, fucking uh yeah i i <laughs> no go ahead i was gonna say you should uh you should keep scouting atomic for them because every once in a while they'll get them and one of the funny things that uh i find with atomic is they end up buying headstock repaired paul's fairly often and you can usually get them for a, a decent price like i've gotten got my first uh I guess the first of all of my, it's not my first Les Paul, but my, the first one of the ones that I have, mm -hmm. I think I got it from Atomic for like 450 because somebody snapped the headstock off. Somebody glued it back on and it's like good as new. It's a little bit ugly, but like shit for like super cheap. I would definitely recommend like 
scouting around for same thing with the sonics because they're yeah that one was one of them too he he got he got so i got the gibson sonics the the 180 custom i got that from him and he got that from atomic for like what like 5500 yeah and if you go on to reverb or like ebay they sell for like 12 1300 dollars like no repairs or anything like that but this is a headstock repair and it's yeah it's probably like my favorite guitar that i own now and you know, I never thought I would own a less a Les Paul style body shape, but here I am and I love it. And it's like one of my favorite guitars and I can't thank you enough for selling it to me. <laughs> but like, yeah, like he said, just, just, I, I could see you playing one. I think. Dude, they, they just, they just sound, they just, it's a, it's a good studio guitar too. Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when I think of studio guitars, I think of a Les Paul, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I can walk know. over and pick it up and not have to worry about whether it's in tune or not. Yeah. You know, it's perfect. And f- for your situation too, like with you using Floyd guitars as your mains, you could always fucking bring a Les Paul and have that be your backup. So if like if yeah. you like pop a string or whatever, you're not going to be able to fucking swap out another string in a Floyd Rose one. And if it goes out yeah. on one Floyd Rose, <laughs> you may not want to have the other Floyd Rose one. Like you may, you may not want to use the Jackson after having an issue with the the bc rich i mean maybe it probably doesn't matter but like it's nice There's to be able too to have many, too many through. factors you yeah know. it's it's nice to have uh it's nice to have just like a, a simple go-to i hope you do get a les paul because i think that'd be sick i think yeah so. I, hey man i there there's i got i got a wish list of gear right now and 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 you know it could all be solved by one sweet water gift card or credit card there you go. <laughs> or endorsement or scrutiny yeah. now or else i, I just want Jackson to guitars. i just want to have like a but like a delay and reverb on on one of our voices going sponsor us or else or else hell yeah I, God, I there you go good sound effect right there just like i was saying bc rich sponsor sponsor me sponsor jeremy sponsor charm charm has a really badass bc rich sponsoring yeah didn't, didn't, don't you have a bc rich that you were gonna that you were gonna show us yeah oh, okay. i could show it to you real quick hang don't, on let me pull it out don't bump yeah. the mic stand i will not i'm being whatever you're good um yeah uh fucking i i am curious you do get you do shop for whatever head you get i want to know what it is like send it to me or whatever or like if you're ever trying yeah, to go to fucking atomic and you just like you just want to like hang just like definitely feel free to hit me up and be like yo i'm going to atomic at this time you want to meet me there i'll be like yeah fuck yeah yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah we yeah. do that yeah. you ever been to that record store that's right next to uh atomic? Depot oh my god oh yeah yeah oh, no, you're talking about that. uh sonitos the one that's in front of it um, yeah, 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 that one's cool. There's another one down the street that you you might like too, called uh, C Depot or CD Depot. That. It's like, uh, you know, if you go down uh, Baltimore Ave the other way, like you're going towards College Park, and you know where there's yeah. like the bowling alley and the Pizza Hut and all that stuff. Before you go to New yeah. Vegan and all that down there, there's a huge CD store slash record store, mostly CDs, but a lot of records too. It's fucking massive and. Uh, 
I've gotten a lot of good shit there. I got like a lot of fucking cool, like like warp tour style punk stuff, you know, like the just the, like the it's a it's a really cool spot. Tony Hawk music. The the one time I went there, it's very like it's not what you would expect. Like like when you go into like a CD store, you usually expect it to be like all of one thing or another, like all all new, all used, but it's like a good mix yeah. of everything, which was really cool. I actually gotta go back there sometime. Yeah. Sonito's in front of uh, Atomic is cool too. She actually rents that space from them. So for her to open the store in the morning, she has to go through Atomic to go in and around. It oh, might not be yeah. the case anymore. She may have a key to the front mm-hmm. and not have to go through Atomic. I remember when uh, when she was opening the store, she was also working in Atomic too and just like running around doing all that shit. But her, her yeah, store is cool. Man. She does a good job of buying shit. Man, they have so much like hip hop stuff in there. Like, yeah. Early '90s hip hop sets, and I fucking I walked out of there with a couple records and a couple sets. So sick. Yeah, I love all the the hip hop singles, the big twelve inches where you get like the, yeah. the song, the remix, the radio yeah. edit, and then the back has the acapella and then the instrumental. Those fucking like that format just for like a song is so fucking sick. Absolutely, I have an inspected deck one like that. Got for like. 50 cents a lot of those i would rather own than the lp just because like they're cooler they're cool as fuck it's cool because they're like the the weird the it's not like a b-side but it's like a weird like emotional copy thing yeah you know yeah like there's sometimes i go i'll go to like you know i've been like goodwill back in the past and they have like you know like pro like promotional copies of like a record or something like that on cd and you're like oh that's cool you know but the single yeah don't sell this but it's being resold. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Um, c- shall we wrap up the actual episode and then you can show them off that shit? Absolutely. <laughs> I I think that works um, for me. So we will plug in all your info and uh, like the band camp and whatever else you want to shout out um, in the episode notes. But uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I know you got the show. The nineteenth is in uh the baltimore area and then you have a wilkes bar one the day after that's gloves off and it's philly the next day after my birthday oh shit for real yeah damn that's what's up with hesitate strangle you jive bomb and killing me those bands strangle you is a great band that'll be a good show yeah um so I didn't really touch much on the subject, but I'm also in another band called Justifiable Homicide. Uh, yeah. With uh, featuring members of Scrutinize and uh, Butcher's Dozen, uh, Jake on doing vocals. I had to shoot you guys over a demo. It's He's a fucking killer on the vocals. And that's what um, we, Michael Van Halen, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, Hell absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's been trying to buy that, that guy. for you see for me for like four years now. The homie. Hey man, I, how much you want for it? I'm looking for one too. Now I'm getting. Um, we got the demo will be out sometime soon. We got a couple gigs coming up. We just announced one today uh, with Sworn Enemy at the Shamrock Inn in like June. I can't remember the exact date, but okay. uh, yeah, I think I might be our first or second show, maybe. Okay. Uh, shout out Justin Anthony for putting that one together. Of course, can't wait. Um, Demo will be out sometime soon. Uh, other than that, 
Um, I got like a rock band I've been working on, but it's probably not going to be have anything out for a while. So keep your eyes peeled. Follow the scrutinized Instagram. Yeah, my Instagram at Drawn by Blood. Uh, yeah, yep, and that's all I got. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will get you on back on when you've got those two running. And then the, on that episode, we can also talk about drum shit too, because we didn't really get into oh, yeah. today, aside from yeah. you know, out doing drums. But we can have that whole discussion, talk about those bands, talk about more gear, talk about whatever head you got going on, like whatever, like yeah, um, fuck yeah, just do this. I'm, I'm just like I'm just like that. This could actually happen. Yeah, man. That's what's I'm straight up. We're glad that we have a platform. Where maybe, we can, yeah. uh, maybe next time I, I can come and chill. We can, we can fucking, yeah. we'll, we'll show up with all the gear. There we go. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Or, or we can maybe even fucking set up some shit where we could just like do one on the spot somewhere or like, you know, yeah. like a field. Yeah. That'd be just like, yeah. Yo, we at the show right now. Yeah. You'll hear out background as you're interviewing somebody. Screech. Yo, if you're outside, come inside. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording, uh, but we'll stay on the call until we're we're done. But thank you for your time for this shit, man. Yeah, for thank real. you very much, Sean. Yo, thank you so much. I can't wait to come back. This shit was sick. Hell yeah. And thank All you right. for letting people out there. Oh!